Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Hey, come on. Can we honor our media team for their hard work and making that? You guys are awesome. You guys are incredible. And uh, today's a big day. Uh, Like I said, we're starting a brand new series, but also today is our first ever Baptism Sunday. And uh, we're so excited. We're so excited uh, for the people that have already made the choice to be baptized today. But I also want to tell you that if you're here today and you feel like God speaks to you, that that's a decision that you need to make today. I want you to know that we are ready and prepared for you to make that decision. Even if you didn't come prepared, we came prepared for you. And so we would we'd be honored if that's a decision that you want to make um, today. And so let me tell you a little bit how that's going to work and how that's going to be, uh, because I know that there's a lot of different moving parts. Because today we also have Grow Track Step 1, uh, which is if you, if you aren't familiar with our church, you're like, I would love to get to know more about the church, hear more about, about the church story, the vision, kind of the government, kind of the, the, the kind of peak under the hood, if, if you would, of the church. Uh, that's also happening today after service, but as soon as this service ends, we will as quickly as we can get ready to do baptisms, which we'll do right in the lobby. And so I want to encourage you to hang out to, to like spend time to, to watch that. It'll be a great celebration. It'll be so much fun. And so I want to encourage you to hang out with us, watch those baptisms. And as soon as baptisms are over, uh, we'll be going right down this hallway to our grow track room and we'll be doing step one. So feel free to hang out with us. Um, and so that's what's kind of happening. That's the schedule of today. But turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 21 and John chapter three. Okay, a little curveball. I'm giving you two different, uh, but we'll be in Numbers chapter 21 first. It's actually the fourth book of the Bible, Numbers chapter 21, and then John chapter three. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to get a Bible in your hands, um, like for free, like you can have it. And so right after we're done, you can actually go right outside in the, in the lobby and there's an info area, as well as if you just want information about our church, or maybe you want to get baptized today, you can go straight to that info area and we're going to have people there that can help you. But if you want a Bible and you don't have one, we'd love to get a Bible in your hands. So Numbers chapter 21, and we are in week number one of a brand new series that we're calling Jesus is blank. Okay. Jesus is blank. And uh, just so you know, I think it's very important for you to know uh, we're, we're still a new church. This is actually week number six. And we are a church that is unapologetically about Jesus. Uh, You just need to know that. I think that's very important. In fact, we have 10 values as a church. And like for, for me, here's what that means. Like a value is what makes us uniquely us. And so one of our, and actually it's the very first value that we always list because we feel like it's the most important is this value is that Jesus is our message, that Jesus is our message. And we believe that the church is built on Jesus by Jesus and for Jesus. So the focus of our message should always be on Jesus. And so we wanted to, right at the beginning of our church, in the very early stages of our church, we wanted to do a series that was all about Jesus. And so this series, really at the end of the day, is all about getting to know Jesus more. And here's what I know, is that there's some people that are in this room that you've been following Jesus faithfully for years, maybe even decades, 
But there's also some people in this room that maybe you're brand new to this whole thing and maybe you're not even there yet and you're just kind of kicking the tires and trying to see like, I don't even know if this stuff is real, is this true? But here's what I know is that it's good for all of us to get to know Jesus more, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. And here's why, because here's what I've learned. The more I get to know Jesus, the more I love Jesus. And so I think it's gonna be so important that over the next few weeks of our church, as we dive in to get to know Jesus more, um, and here's kind of our theme verse. So I I love for every time we have a series to have have a theme verse that kind of focuses our thoughts. And it actually comes from Luke chapter nine. And in verse 18, it says, one day Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. He was an introvert. Um, that's, that's, that's what I take from it, okay? <clears throat> it says, only his disciples were with him and he, ha- and he asked them, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And they said, well, like some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and some say that that you are like one of those ancient prophets risen from the dead. And so maybe like you would answer it that way. Well, well, my dad said that Jesus was this, or my mom or the household I grew up in, Jesus was this, or maybe it was the church that I grew up in and maybe the the denomination that I was a part of, or maybe that they always taught me that Jesus is that, but then I loved what Jesus said. And, And here's kind of like the whole main point of this, of this series when he said this, then he asked them, no, 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 not, not what all these other people say, but who do you say that I am? And Jesus in this series is going to be asking us the same exact thing. He's going to say, Hey, you, 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 not another person to your left, to your right, you right here, right here, right here. Okay. Quit getting distracted right here. Who do you say that I am? And so throughout this series, we're gonna fill in this blank, Jesus is blank. And this is a great series for you to invite some people, maybe somebody that maybe that is as far from God that doesn't know Jesus, uh, because we're gonna be telling people this is who Jesus is and this is how it impacts our life, cool? Let's read this, Numbers chapter 21. We're gonna start here, starting in verse four. It says this, it says, then the people of Israel... By the way, Jesus' series, it just makes sense. Let's start in Numbers. Okay, we're gonna go Old Testament. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll get to Jesus, I promise, okay? Uh, Verse four, it says, then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around to the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey. So if ever something's taking longer for you than what you thought it was, maybe you relate to that, they grew impatient. And then they began to speak against God and Moses, who was their leader. And they say, why? Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness, they complained. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. And it says this in verse six, so the Lord, this is kind of interesting. The Bible is very interesting. It says this in verse six, so the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses, their leader, and cried out, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attach it to a pole, then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at a bronze snake and be healed. Today, over the next few minutes, I wanna talk over, over this subject. Jesus is the cure, okay? 
Jesus is the cure. Maybe you write that down on your notes. I think we gave you some notes uh, there in your worship guide. It says, note takers equal history makers. And uh, that's something that I've always said, that note takers are history makers. Here's why, because I think we just remember it when we write it down better. And so, but here's what, here's what I wanna encourage you, that we're a lean-in church. And here's what that means. That means that we're a lean-in church, meaning that we're not here to play games. We're not here to play church. That every single time that we're here and we open up God's word, we believe that God wants to speak to us in a very specific way so that when we walk out of these doors, we're different than when we walked in. That's what it means. So we're gonna lean in not to listen to a man, but to listen to what God wants to tell us today. Cool, let's pray and then then we'll jump in. God, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I just ask that you speak to us today. Um, Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive and active. God, we wanna lean in to hear what you have to say. And God, we we really don't wanna walk out of this place the same as when we walked in. So we give you permission. And I think it's really important, God, that sometimes we do that, that we pause, we stop, and we say, God, do whatever you wanna do over the next few minutes. We love you, we invite you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Um, Just by show of hands, how many of you, if you were just gonna be honest, you're, you're like afraid of snakes. Anybody in here that's afraid of snakes? It's okay, be honest, it's okay. I see, I see men, I see women, I see, I see different generations. There's many people that are afraid. They just freak you out. Them little beady eyes, you know, that little slivery tongue. It just kind of, they're just creepy. If you read your Bible, like a snake is the devil, okay? Like there's a reason why I did that. <laughs> like, I, I know that our family kids kind of freaked out. Here's how I know. Because this past week, we actually had one of those little, I don't know, you see, they're everywhere around my house. I don't know if they're around your house, but those little, those little like, um, those little salamanders, lizards, you know, if you would, if you're not so scientific, uh, you know, like those, those little lizards that kind of, kind of crawl. You see them all the time at Withrow. Like you see them when you're walking around, you're like, oh, there's a little lizard. One got into our house and I thought we had to move. I mean, it was like, <laughs> We're that like scared of that stuff. Like people freaking out, my wife's freaking out, you know, my kids, like one of my kids was like so intrigued. He was like, ooh, you know, he was like looking at it. And, um, and then the other kid was like, meh, like I don't care. Like it doesn't matter. Um, and so I know that our family is very scared, but statistically speaking, I actually did some research this week that a lot of people, and it's good, it's very affirming by, by the hands that went up, that that's many people that are actually scared of snakes. According to the Washington Post, they put out this recent study that, that it, and it showed the most common fears in Americans. And so if you were to take the top three, the number one fear is... Not snakes, it's not snakes, it's not snakes. <clears throat> it's actually public speaking. It's the thing I'm doing right now. <laughs> like, statistically speaking, so many of you would be flipping out right now if this was you. Uh, but that's the number one. And number two, it's not snakes either, it's heights. But number three is what's called ophidiophobia. Ophidiophobia, which is the fear of snakes. Snakes are in the top three. Um, so to help you face your fears, we actually released a lot of snakes in, in the, during song three. No, no, we're not that type of church. You're like brand new. You're like, oh my gosh, is it this type? Of, no, we're not. We're not that type of church. Relax, relax. We love Jesus. We're passionate, but we don't do that. Okay. Um, and so, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm at. Um, <laughs> but it, hey, if, you, if you're scared of snakes... 
Man, you would be struggling if you were in Numbers chapter 21, if you were a part. So let me kind of tell you what's kind of happening because there's the people of God. It's the Israelites. It's the people of God. And they were in slavery in Egypt. And then God supernaturally freed them from slavery. And they're on their way to the promised land. There's this promised land that God had said, I have a land that's for you and you don't have to be in slavery anymore. I've got something that's way better, but they're in that in-between. So they're not there yet, but they're also not in slavery. And the Bible calls that time the wilderness. And so a lot of times we think of like this, maybe this small group that's going and traveling, but it's not. Most scholars believe that it's probably around a million people that are traveling. It's men, it's women, it's, it's all generations, it's all their possessions. And they're traveling, get this, from basically modern day Egypt all the way to modern day Israel, but going through Jordan on the other side. And so this whole journey, it's actually taking a very long time and they get very impatient, they get tired of this wilderness and they start complaining. And then remember where it says that they start complaining about eating this thing called manna. Well, manna was this, was like literally supernatural food from God because they were in a place where there wasn't like a lot of food options available. There wasn't buffets and exit stops everywhere that they were at. And so God was providing this supernatural food called manna each and every day that was only good for that day. And in fact, like where you see in verse five, where it says that the literal translation in the, in the original language, they actually say this, it's worthless food. It's worthless food, even though it was miraculously given to him by God for their benefit, you know? Basically, God was providing for them. They just didn't like how God was providing for them. Now that will preach to maybe some people in the room. I have this, but I wish I had something else. I don't know if anybody's ever been like that. And God has this very interesting response. I don't know why. I don't know what he, like, I don't know the reasoning behind it, but he sends poisonous snakes that start biting people and people start to die. People that you see each and every day, maybe people that you work with, maybe people that you've been kind of in the caravan with, all of a sudden you come in one day and they're not there. And so people start to get bit and they start to die and every single day becomes life and death. And so then the people cry out. They acknowledge their mistakes and they beg for God to take away the snakes. They actually go to the leader and they say, leader, will you please go to God? Here's one thing I love about what Jesus did is that it's not just the religious elite that can go to God. It's, it's all of us, it's all of us. So I don't have to go to God for you. You can go to God yourself. And so, but they asked their leader, will you please go to God? And he says, okay, I will. So he goes before God and he begs God, God, will you take away these snakes? But God doesn't answer as they expected. He didn't remove the snakes, but he did provide a cure. And so God told Moses to make a bronze snake. And actually I traveled to Jordan a few years ago. And here's actually, um, I saw a place that was in Jordan. So on the other side of the Jordan River, not Israel, but across the Jordan River, and you are in the country of Jordan where a majority of this, this story happened there. And so I came to a place where they had, it, and it was maybe something like this. So if you've ever seen like the sign for medicine, it's actually a sign of a snake. It actually comes from Numbers chapter 21, pretty cool. And so a lot of times when, when you see this, and, and, and this was God's response. He said, I'm gonna provide a cure. If you just take a bronze snake, you put it up on a pole. And if you could just get people that are bit before they die to see that pole, 
to see that bronze snake, they'll instantly be healed. Now, I don't know why. There's no, like, it doesn't even make sense. There is no scientific correlation between I look at a bronze snake that's on a pole and I get healed from a poisonous snake. Okay, there's, there's no, but that was what God did. And God provided a cure that could only be described as a miracle. And so today there's three things that I want us to walk away from today. Three things that I want you to write down, three points. And here's the first one, is that we have all been bit. We all have been bit, all of us. We all have been bit. And just like the people in Numbers chapter 21, we have been bit. Not by snakes, but we have been bit, been bit by sin. Now, sin is a very good churchy word. Very good churchy word. And so, in fact, it's kind of like Christianese. I don't know if you've ever heard, like that's a word that I would put in the Christianese category, meaning like it's, it's a word that a lot of times you say at church that maybe if you've grown up around church, you've heard it and it's like, you should know what it is, but you kind of don't. And you're like, I don't really understand what that means. And so, but so here's the definition of sin. Okay. Sin is any deliberate action, attitude, or thought that goes against God. Sin is any deliberate action, attitude, or or thought that goes against God. And in the original origin of the, of, the, of the word, in the original language, it's actually an archery term. That means missing the mark. In fact, if you were to put up a big bullseye, just for some visual people in the room, I'm very visual, so like I, I love to have things that kind of help me get it. Sin is like, if I were to have a bow and arrow, which I asked if I could do that. The team said, no, no, you cannot do that inside of a school. There's, there's something very wrong with that. And, um, and so you just have to imagine with me that if I took a bow and arrow and I shot at that target, anything but the bullseye is missing the mark. And that is what the biblical definition of sin is. That there's this perfection, there's God's standard. And if you just... It doesn't matter if you hit off the target or if you hit in that first little, it doesn't matter that you miss the mark. And, um, and here's something that we all have in common. Every single one of us have missed the mark. Every single one. In fact, Romans chapter three and verse 23, it says this, for everyone has sinned. We all, every single one of us, fall short of God's glorious standard of the bullseye. And our sin, it comes with some very real consequences. And in Romans 6, 23, it talks about the consequences of that being bit by sin. It says, for the wages. And that word wages there is actually a financial term. And it means like the penalty, the price. Like the price for your sin is death. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 56, it says, for sin is the sting, it's the bite that results in death. And we have all been bit by sin, every single one of us. So it doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter how you grew up, where you grew up, what side of town you grew up on, how many times you've been to church. It doesn't matter how much money you make or what your reputation is. It doesn't matter how much Bible you know. It doesn't matter the color of your skin or how good or bad you've been so far this weekend that if you have a pulse, I'm here to tell you church that we have this in common, that we are all broken, jacked up, messed up, sinful people. 
all of us, that we've all, me included, and you, we have all been bit by sin. That's the bad news. Because the consequence of that sin is death. But here's some good news. Here's number two. But there is a cure. See, we all have been bit, but there is a cure. In Numbers chapter 21, people every single day are being bit and dying, but God in his grace and his mercy loved them so much that he provided a cure. And just like them, we have all been bit, but God in his grace and mercy loves us so much that he provides a cure. Here's the cool thing. This story, just like so many stories in the Bible, it's actually pointing to Jesus. And it's this prophetic message that's shouting to what Jesus is going to do. In fact, here's something that's really cool. This story in Numbers chapter 21, it gives context to the most famous verse in all the Bible. Like the verse that most people know, the verse that most people can quote, the verse that most people see at sporting events. You know, that verse, everybody know what it is? Anybody? John 3, 16. Yes, very good. That's awesome. There was, a, there was a low rumble. So some of you were, but then somebody over there was confident. They said, yes, John three sixteen. I know this. Okay. You did awesome, young lady. It was great. But Numbers chapter 21, it actually gives context to this. Check this out. This is so cool. Maybe you've never seen this. Maybe you've never recognized this. But John chapter 3, verses 14, two verses before John 3, 16, it says, And as Moses lifted up a bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And then, for this is how God loved the world just like Numbers chapter 21. This is how God loved the world. This is how God loved you and me, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. In other words, just like the bronze snake was lifted up on a pole so that they could be healed, Jesus, the son of God, was lifted up on a wooden cross so we could be healed. Jesus is the cure. Let me give you two more examples. Two more verses that I read the first part of it, but I didn't read the second part on purpose so that I could bring you this part. Romans chapter three, for everyone is sin. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We already read that, but here's the amazing thing. Yet God with undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. First Corinthians chapter 15, 56 and 57. For sin is the sting, the bite, that results in death, but thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's good, that's good. Hey, that doesn't fire you up, I promise you, your wood is wet, okay? Think about it, okay? Oh, okay. Amen. Listen, but here's what I find so fascinating. I love the Bible, I love the Bible so much. Here's what I find so fascinating. Get this, get this, get this. Here's what I find so fascinating. That the very thing that was the problem in Numbers chapter 21, the very thing that was the problem, the very thing that was causing the people to die was also the very thing that God used for the cure. Think about it. What caused the people to die? Snakes. And what did God use for the cure? A bronze snake lifted up on a pole. Why? 
because it points to Jesus. Listen to this. Listen to this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to take care of our sins? No. God made him who had no sin just to pay for our sins? No. God made him who had no sin to be sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The very thing that is the problem, the very thing that is causing us to die, sin, is the very thing God used for the cure. Jesus became sin. See, Jesus just didn't take our sins. Jesus just didn't pay for our sins. Jesus became our sin. And write this down, because this is, this is key. Jesus became our sin to take care of our sin once and for all. That's why he did. We've all been bit, but there is a cure. And here's number three. So what will you do with the cure? You. You. Not the person that's not here, not the person to your right or to your left, but you. What will you do with the cure? In other words, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Now, there's two types of people that are here in this room, and every single person that are in this room will fit into one of these two categories. And the first are those that are Christians. You've made a decision to follow Jesus. You've already experienced the cure. And here's the temptation. The temptation for you, because I've been in that seat listening to messages just like this. The temptation is for you to believe that this message isn't for you, that you've graduated from this message, that you no longer need to hear this message. But I promise you, you couldn't be further from the truth. See, because the truth is we never graduate from the gospel. We only dive deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into what Jesus has done for us. You need to realize that. We never get past this. We never go on from this. This is something that is so core to everything that we do, the gospel, the good news. It never, ever, ever gets old. But if you're here and you fit into that category, I promise you that this applies to you. In fact, Sam, come up here and help me with something. Come up here, Sam. How about everybody welcome Sam? Everybody welcome Sam? Come here, Sam. So church on the count of three, just say, hi, Sam, one, two, three. Very good. Let's do that one more time. One, two, three. Okay. So just imagine, like, just imagine that you're in Numbers chapter 21, that that's who you are. And you've already been bit, but you've experienced the cure. You somehow found that bronze snake that was lifted up on a pole and you instantly got healed with everything. And just imagine if that was you and then you've already experienced it, but you're on the other side of town and you're with your friend. I love Sam very much. I appreciate him. He's a leader in our church and I, I love him so much. And imagine if I was somewhere and I was experiencing life with him and we were in some random field somewhere and all of a sudden he got bit by a snake, by a poisonous snake. You can just go ahead and just get on the ground, just, just, just get on the ground. So just imagine that my friend Sam just got bit by a poisonous snake. And imagine that's you. And that's my friend. That's somebody I love. That's somebody I care about. That's somebody I do life with. That's somebody I ride or die with. Like, this is somebody that I love with all my heart. And they just got bit by a poisonous snake. 
Would you just be like, oh man, that stinks. Good luck with that, you know, like, absolutely not. You would do whatever it took to get your friend to the cure. You would, you would drag them. You would do whatever it would, get up for me, okay. You would, you would do whatever it took to get him. You okay? Okay. You're good. Listen, I know it's funny. But I want you to get this. I want this to burn into your brain. I really do. Because at the end of the day, if this happened to somebody that you love, you would do whatever it took to get them to the cure. You would put them on your shoulder. You would walk miles. You would do whatever that it took to say, Sam, hold on, man. Don't give up. Don't give up. I know where it is. I'll get you there. I'll go around whatever. I'll do whatever I got to do to make sure I get you to the cure. Why? Because I love you so much and I care about you so much. Listen, there's so many of you that are around people each and every day that have been bit and they've not experienced the cure. They haven't. They haven't experienced the cure, but you have, and you know where it is. Listen, I literally, like I, I do, I want this to burn into your brain because at the end of the day, this is what this church is all about is that there's people that are in our city that have been bit, that are broken, that are hurting, that are lonely, that are lost. And God says, I'll leave whatever is lost, whatever is found to go find what is lost. And that this is who we are. We are people that will do whatever it takes to get people to the cure. We will do whatever it takes to get people to Jesus. Okay? Yeah, we can clap to that. Thank you. Thank you. It's a huge part of who we are as a church. There's a mission that we have. Join us in the mission of getting people to the cure. See, church is a whole lot more fun when it's not about you. So if you're here and you're a Christian, you've experienced it. I ask you that question. So what will you do with the cure? But there's another group of people that are in this room. Those of you that are not Christians. And I want to tell you that I'm so thankful you're here. So thankful. And you're always welcome. Always. But maybe you're here and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. To get saved. To welcome him to your heart. To give him your whole life. And maybe you've been coming to church your whole life. Or maybe you went when you were a little kid, but you never made that decision. Or maybe somebody just dragged you to church today and you're brand new to this whole thing. I need you to understand this. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. And I try to do it in the most life-giving way that I can. 
because I know that there's a lot of times and I'm so sorry when the church has come and pointed fingers and been hateful and been straight up mean. Listen, I don't think that reflects the character of who Jesus is. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. That according to the Bible, you've been bit. We all have. It's not exclusively to you. It's me too. All of us, we've been bit. Bit by sin. And unless we do something about that, the consequences, the result of that is deadly. Meaning if you don't deal with it, it will lead to death, separation from God. But God has provided a cure. Smile, that's really good news. And just like the bronze snake was lifted up on a pole, Jesus, the son of God, was lifted up on a wooden cross. And he was beaten and whipped and mocked and spit on. And he had a crown of thorns that was driven into his head and he had nails that were driven into his hands and his feet. And he was thinking of you the whole time. And he breathed his last breath. But thank God that is not the end of the story because he was buried in a tomb and raised from the dead three days later, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And Jesus became sin to take care of your sin once and for all, just for the chance to have a relationship with you. So what will you do with the cure today? We have all been bit by sin and left untreated, it's deadly, but there is a cure. His name is Jesus. So what will you do with the cure? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And just ask God, God, what are you speaking to me right now? That I believe that God wants to speak to every single person and that we should all have a response, an action step. How should life look different because of what we have just experienced? And just ask God, God, what does my response need to be? And if your relationship with God is not where it needs to be, we wanna give you the opportunity today to make the most important decision of your life to follow Jesus, to receive the cure. And so maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. We wanna give you that opportunity. Or maybe you have given your life to Jesus, but you've gone off and you've done your own thing and you feel so separated and far from God. Basically, if your relationship with God is not where you, and you know, if it's not where it needs to be, and you wanna say today, I wanna make the decision to follow Jesus, whether that's a fresh commitment or whether it's for the very first time. In just a second, I'm gonna to count to three. And in the moment, and, and, and this is a very, it's a very personal moment, okay? That's why we ask every single person to bow your head and close his eyes. And you know, there's nothing special about raising your hands. You can just make the decision in your heart. But I think it's important just to be able to say, listen, I'm raising my hand. I'm just showing like, hey, this is the decision that I wanna make today. And so if that's you and you wanna make the decision to follow Jesus, I just want you to just raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three, just raise it up. Raise it up high. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. There's hands all around. That's great. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. Proud of you. It's amazing. That's amazing. You receive the cure. Receive the cure right now. And you can put your hands down. And church, let's... 
Let's just pray this together in our hearts. Just say, God, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cure. Thank you for defeating death for me that I was bit, but now because of the cure, I can have this brand new life. And today I say, I'm sorry for my sins and the things where I've missed the mark. I repent and I take steps towards you today. I invite you into my heart and I give you control over my whole life. I give you my life and I wanna build my whole life on you. I wanna make you the very center of my life. And today, today I give you my whole life. And from this moment on, I will follow you with everything that I have for the rest of my life. God, I'm all in. I'm all in. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 